What's the story of the Bible? Welcome to part two of our sprint through the big story. Thanks again for listening to the Bible Brief. Yesterday we did a sprint through the Old Testament, where we focused on the four P's of the Old Testament. The problem, the promise, the plan, and the prophets. We learned the basic problem of human sin, beginning with Adam and Eve, and the resulting death penalty for their disobedient sin against God. But we also saw God promising a Messiah, who would come to defeat Satan and become king over his people. Then, as God revealed more of the plan, he chose a nation through whom Messiah would come. We saw blessing and then rebellion, even as the nation Israel chose to rebel against God's rule. The Old Testament ends with the prophets echoing and enhancing the ancient expectation of Messiah and the chosen nation Israel having returned to their land after many years of exile. We summarize this with problem, promise, plan, and prophets. With that said, let's move into the New Testament. Finally, around 400 years after the Old Testament ends, we see the birth of the long-awaited Messiah. Born of a virgin in the city of Bethlehem Ephrathah, Jesus of Nazareth is born. The long-awaited Messiah has come at last to defeat evil, die for sin, and to be with his people forever. Jesus begins his public ministry at around 30 years of age. But soon, he and his message become a bother to the religious leadership. He gains a sizable following, and the religious leaders of Israel reject his claim to be the God of Israel and the long-awaited Messiah. In a conspiracy against Jesus, this leadership finds a way to put Jesus to death. And so Jesus, the one sent to Israel to save them and rule over them, the Messiah, has largely been rejected by them. As he is sentenced to death, even his closest followers abandon him in sadness and confusion. Yet the Bible also tells us something interesting. It says that this was all part of the plan, that Jesus is going to die as a suffering servant to the world, that his death would actually be the payment of the death penalty for the sin of the world. That ancient death penalty first announced in the Garden of Eden will finally be administered on God himself so that the separation from God will no longer be the rule for humanity. The Messiah was taking on the death penalty that not only Adam and Eve deserved, but that the whole world deserves because of each person's sins. After his death on the cross, Jesus' body is placed in a tomb, with guards at the entrance to ensure that no one tampers with the body. Yet on the third day after his crucifixion, the tomb miraculously opens and Jesus raises from the dead. You see, Jesus had to raise from the dead. Since he suffered the death penalty for everyone else, death had no power to keep him dead because he personally didn't deserve the death penalty. Since he didn't die for his own sin, the death penalty had no actual power over him. Jesus then announces to his timid followers who had sheepishly fled when he was killed that he must go to heaven for a time, but that he will send the Holy Spirit to them to empower them to do something. And that something is this, that his followers, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, would share the good news of Jesus with all nations of the earth. Days later, the Holy Spirit comes upon his followers, and the formerly timid men and women become courageous proclaimers of the gospel, that is, the good news of Jesus Christ. 
The gospel, the good news that they proclaim, could be summarized like this. Everyone everywhere is invited to be part of the kingdom of Messiah. By trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin, you can be free of sin's death sentence because he died in your place. You can look forward to Messiah's kingdom and to an eternal, abundant, joyful life with him that starts now. Since this time, the church has been proclaiming this same message of Messiah as they await the return of Jesus to reign as king on earth. Which leaves us in the present day, in the early third millennium after Jesus was born. But the message of the Bible doesn't stop with the church. It tells us a bit about the future, too. Sometime in the future, Jesus will return. We don't know exactly when. It could be tomorrow, or it could be in many years. But the Bible story continues and gives us lots of detail about what to expect when he does come back. We can expect a kingdom, and that kingdom will exist on earth for a thousand years where Jesus is king over Israel and where all the nations of the world come to him for blessing and wisdom and prosperity. Jesus will demonstrate what the righteous rule of a righteous person will look like. God's kingdom will be established on earth for a thousand years. But this isn't the end. At the end of this thousand-year period, Satan, that ancient villain, will orchestrate a final rebellion against the rule of Jesus. And Jesus will quickly snuff out the rebellion. And after this, the final stage of the Bible comes. First is the judgment. That is, God judges the people of the earth. He puts them into the two categories that we mentioned last week on the podcast. Those two categories are those who have faith in God and those who do not. Those who heed the church's message to trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sin and those who do not. Those who have faith in Jesus will be welcomed into an eternity with God. But those who do not will be banished to a suffering eternity apart from God. This is a grave ending for those without faith because they will suffer the eternal death penalty decreed by God from the beginning. Because of their lack of faith, they did not accept Jesus' death on their behalf. Yet for those with faith in Jesus, they will have had their death penalty satisfied by Jesus himself. No condemnation awaits them because death has no power over them. The death penalty for their sin was satisfied in Jesus. Finally, after the judgment, in an echo of the very first verse of the Bible, God will create a new heaven and a new earth. With new eternal bodies and with God ruling over the world, people will enjoy everlasting joy and happiness with God. The Bible ends with the ancient rebellion stifled, the serpent Satan defeated, and with God ruling over the new heaven and new earth. This concludes our sprint through the Bible. I'm sure you've had lots of questions along the way, and I hope that we're able to get to them now as we shift to a run through the Bible. We'll no longer be sprinting, but instead we'll slow down just a bit to fill in some details and to explore more of the Bible text itself. Before we go, though, let's do a quick review of the sprint that we've gone through. We started with the problem. After creating the world, God places the first humans in a lush garden, but the humans disobey God's rule and become corrupt with sin. They become spiritually separated from God and subject to physical death. We call this the death penalty, and they are cast out of the garden. Next is the promise, where God announces that he will send a descendant of the woman to defeat the villain, Satan. 
Next is the plan. Many years later, God creates a nation from which this descendant of the woman, Messiah, will come. This nation is called Israel, and much of the Old Testament describes the history of this nation. The prophets are next. After the nation of Israel disobeys God's commands, God sends prophets to explain that Israel has been cast out of their land for disobeying God. Further, God uses the prophets to provide more description of the plane of Messiah and how he will save people from sin. As we enter into the New Testament, we see the Messiah is born and he spreads his kingdom message to Israel. But he's condemned by the rulers in Israel and dies for the sins of the world. Yet, he raises from the dead and commissions his followers to spread his kingdom message. These followers are the church, and the church expands and spreads this gospel message to the world. This is the age we're in now. After this, Jesus returns to establish a kingdom on earth for a thousand years before stifling a final rebellion brought about by Satan. After this final rebellion has been put down, comes the judgment. God separates those without faith from those with faith and puts them in their eternal places, whether it's eternal suffering or eternal life with God. And finally, new creation. God creates a new heaven and a new earth, and he rules over the new heaven and the new earth with all the people of faith with him forever. Now the Bible is a big story and we just sprinted through it. We can't wait to go a layer deeper with you in our run through the Bible. Are you ready for more? Tune in next time for The Bible Brief. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Are you enjoying the podcast? Leave us a five-star review on your podcast app. It will help people discover the Bible Brief and be exposed to the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Thank you for helping us grow. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022.